0: A 558 hectare site, rectangular in shape, um, with five ele- ecological communities on it. Uh,
1: this is Wayne Olling. He's the manager of Flora and fauna for the Blacktown and District Environment Group, an organisation set up to protect and restore the natural environment of Western Sydney.
0: Yeah, a lot of dandelions through here. Um,
1: Wayne is showing me around Shane's Park, about an hour's drive west of Sydney city centre
0: got the natives coming
1: through. Shane's Park is destined to be Western Sydney's new national park. The project is aimed to restore wildlife and attract tourists to Western Sydney with visitor facilities and an education centre on the site by 2023. But those plans and over a decade of neglect have ecologists concerned about the health of the site going forward. In this episode of Think Sustainability, we speak to conservationists like Wayne Olling, who have a reason to be sceptical about the future of Shanes and biodiversity in Greater Sydney. I'm Julia Karkatzel. Shanes Park is about 40 kilometres northwest of Sydney CBD. When looking on a map, Shanes looks like a dark green rectangle. Zooming out further and you can see residential streets lining its flank. Communities of Penrith to the west and Blacktown on its east. About 560 hectares, or close to 800 football fields, of native bush.
0: We're probably now at the centre of the site.
1: And right in the middle of the rectangle.
0: Uh, Some buildings, uh, they were put there for the um, uh, International Radio Transmitting Station site.
1: Shane's was Air Services Australia's former radio transmitting station.
0: There would have been towers, you can see some power poles here.
1: The satellite imagery on Google allows you to see lighter patches of green carved out, where land has been cleared on the site.
0: Um, and you've got regrowth occurring here.
1: It's hard not to be blown away by the beauty of Shane's. Yeah,
0: they're, they're, I'm sure they're scrupled
1: Towering gums line both sides of the gravel path Wayne and I walk down. Streaks of ashy-coloured grey box eucalyptus, creamy whites of the forest red gum and deep browns of red ironbark continuing for rows and rows, as far as the eye can see.
0: What we saw, the darker bark ones were um, um, eucalyptus fibrosa, broad-leafed ironbarks, and uh, well, there's the eucalyptus terricornis I can see there with the lighter coloured bark in amongst those. Um...
1: Wayne is tall and sturdy with wispy silver hair. He's wearing a bright red shirt and tucked under his arm is a large cardboard tube with rolled up maps of shanes inside. Wayne raves about the native plants and species thriving in the area.
0: Uh, I'd have to say if it's native, I appreciate it. Um, uh, I like Gravilla um. which, as I said earlier.
1: Wayne's eyes constantly flicker across and up, scanning the scrubs beneath our feet and up for signs of life in the trees.
0: I was just looking up there, there's a nest in that Naluka. See that dark patch out here coming.
1: If you take time to just stand, close your eyes and listen in chains you can hear an orchestra of bird song.
0: Well, you can play that to someone and they'll be able to tell you what, which one it is. They do bird surveys once a month. On this site is um, one of the few sites in Western Sydney that has a population of speckled warbler.
1: Shane's is also home to a familiar Australian icon
0: and uh, we used to look forward in the 1950s, going past there and peering out the car, looking for the emus and kangaroos. Uh, They belong here, they're part of a natural heritage.
1: Wayne describes how all the elements of Shanes, everything from the beetles and worms on fallen logs in the soil, to the wallabies and the speckled warbler in the scribbly gum, all work together in a thriving ecosystem. A complexity mastered over tens of thousands of years.
0: But even scientists are learning, still learning about ecology and how it functions. Now, you've got to sit and watch it for some time.
1: (laughs) When land is cleared for urban growth or infrastructure, developers are required to improve biodiversity elsewhere. That's under the Biodiversity Offsetting Scheme. Back in 2006, Shane's Park was declared an offset to compensate for the construction of nearly 200,000 houses in new suburb developments nearby. That was 15 years ago. It's only just been gazetted by the New South Wales government. I know many have been calling for this for, all, for a long time. And it's wonderful to see uh, a national park of this size, uh, right in the heart of western and, and north-western Sydney. Uh, I understand the largest national park... Tourism Minister for Western Sydney, Stuart Ayres, says Shanes will become a place for tourists. Australian
0: landscape, But it's
1: also a place that
0: people right across western Sydney and indeed all of New South Wales can come and enjoy. It's a new home...
1: The site, which had been identified by governments as a conservation priority for decades, is now near ruined due to negligence. Whole new suburbs came up very fast, surrounding and isolating the site, introducing weeds.
0: One of the scourges of Western Sydney um, is African lovegrass.
1: Wastewater runoff placing chemicals in the water systems and introduced urban foxes, killing native species. As you walk through the site, you can see piles of rubbish dumped throughout. Burnt out, rusted and crumpled cars, hollowed out washing machines, kids' toys, shards of glass, empty milk cartons, soggy cushions and ripped out sofa sponge. New dense suburbs replaced what was once grassy plains, preventing species and chains from moving to nearby habitats to reproduce, resulting in habitat fragmentation and causing biodiversity to decline. Many species have been lost, like tiny, charming quolls, betongs, and the brush-tailed fasogale.
0: We've lost a number of terrestrial fauna species to extinction on the Cumberland Plain. Uh, That's what this plan on this, for this site is supposed to be about bringing some of them back.
1: Environment Minister Matt Keane says by 2023, an extensive list of native species will be reintroduced into a new feral free
2: area. of Western Sydney. Today we're announcing your very own Noah's Ark. This will be the first national park declared in Western Sydney in over a decade, and we're turning it into a special conservation area, which will be home to some of our most threatened and endangered native animals koalas, quolls, betongs, and bandicoots will be...
1: Wayne is concerned that the 2023 National Park Plan won't cover the full area originally set aside in the offset agreement.
0: Even in the weeks leading up to the announcement about this site being a rewilding site, um, uh, the Minister's office was telling the Guardian newspaper that uh, the whole site's going to be gazetted as a national park. Um, and um, but then the announcement on the day said that uh, they're not going to gazette the road reservation area.
1: As stipulated in the offset, 3.3 per cent of the site will become a road built through the southern end, aiming to connect new suburbs to the M7. That part of the plan only came after New South Wales acquired the land from the Commonwealth in 2020, after years of stalled negotiations due to disputes about the area.
0: And I understand, while at the moment they're talking about the three hectares, or sorry, three percent of the site being for um, road reservation, there are people in transport for New South Wales who still want it to be ten percent.
1: After chipping away at the original offset and requesting a road corridor at three percent, there are talks of the New South Wales government hoping to remove more, 10 percent. Wayne showed me maps of that proposed road corridor along the southern flank of Shane's, a threatening-looking thick red and white striped line carving out the green. And we saw those maps before. That was a huge chunk of land looking looking at that map.
0: Quite a significant impact.
1: Mm. If 10% of the land is removed, Wayne says there will be serious consequences on the biodiversity of the site.
0: It just reduces uh, the habitat for fauna, Um, and um, makes for more competition for what fauna was um, using the whole site before. Uh, They're going to lose that portion that goes to the road, and then you've got edge effects from construction. Uh, The weeds that come in from those uh, vehicles using, uh, constructing the road and what have you, uh, they start to creep out, the weeds.
1: Wayne was a part of a conservation committee demanding the removal of a road reservation taking up 3% of the land when it was first proposed by the New South Wales government.
0: We said to them, you're going to have to remove the road reservation. They, they just ignored that. So we ahead with it. So, so be it. Um, the whole site here should be conserved because the government made a decision to bio-certify Sydney Growth Centres on the basis of all this site being conserved. And um, when uh, Air Services Australia uh, sought to hand over this site to the New South Wales Government under the EPBC Act, the decision in 2011 by the um, uh, Commonwealth Government was that all the conservation values of the site are to be preserved. And that meant the area where the road reservation was as well.
1: If a road corridor is built, the New South Wales Government will have to apply for environmental approval to offset their own offset.
0: Well. They didn't put any laws okay. in there or protections mm. to say those lands can't be conserved, they can't be developed.
1: Right, okay.
0: And so local government, uh, when it gets a development application for that land, it just goes through its normal procedures. Uh, considers it, made a little bit of concession to the environment, um, but the whole whole area of land was to be um, an offset in effect for the rest of the development taking place in the growth centre.
1: Neglecting Shane's Park for a decade, followed by movements to offset part of the original offset, are unsurprising developments in ecologists like Wayne's View. In fact, the New South Wales Biodiversity Offsetting Scheme is currently the subject of a parliamentary inquiry because of failings like neglect.
2: You know, a vast number of the submissions to the parliamentary inquiry are asking for a biodiversity offset scheme to be used to conserve nature, not as a tool for facilitating development.
1: Lee Martin is from the School of Life Sciences at the University of Technology, Sydney. He's been following biodiversity offsets since their inception in 2016.
2: There may be cases where for public benefit purposes it's necessary for a development to proceed. We need housing, we need transport, we need hospitals, schools, etc. So there are going to be cases when a development has to occur. But the guiding principle should always be avoiding impact in the first place. When that can't be achieved, offsets can have a role in defraying the damage uh, to biodiversity. The laws were set
1: up under the Biodiversity Conservation Act. Under the Act, applications for development or clearing must outline impacts on biodiversity and how those impacts can be offset by improving biodiversity elsewhere.
2: One of the arguments that was used in reviewing uh, the Native Vegetation Act and the Threatened Species Conservation Act in New South Wales was, well, clearly what we're doing hasn't been working because we're continuing to see uh, species decline, ecosystem decline in New South Wales. So the argument was, well, we better do a review uh, to see what is happening and come up with a better solution. Now, if that had actually been the objective, if that had been the real motivation, it would have been fine.
1: Six years on, and Lee says he's not shocked that the scheme is under parliamentary scrutiny, as it was, in his words,
2: botched to begin with. In fact, the motivation was to facilitate clearing of land for agricultural and development purposes by removing the very strong protections of the Native Vegetation Act. And so it's unsurprising that we've seen a situation whereby biodiversity is continuing to decline in New South Wales because what we received in the Biodiversity Conservation Act was not, in fact, a strengthening of provisions for conservation or improving management. It was a weakening of protections for conservation.
1: The Parliamentary Inquiry will look into problems like those related to Shane's.
2: Some of these offset projects take many, many years to get off the ground, if, if at all.
1: And lacks laws around ongoing protection of offsets, like the road corridor at Shane's.
2: There's nothing to prevent that offset then being developed and the biodiversity impacts for that development supposedly being offset by another offset somewhere else. So it's, it's highly questionable that offsetting an offset and then perhaps offsetting that offset is going to lead to anything other than a diminution of biodiversity.
1: The inquiry will also examine the ability of private landowners to engage with the scheme. Earlier this year, The Guardian revealed a single company made over $40 million buying and then selling offsets on their land. Companies like this profit off payments from developers or mining companies who are required by law to offset their developments. Wayne says he's seen many private landowners who don't really care about the land.
0: Clear parts of the land for bike tracks for their kids, uh, They shot kangaroos on their land as well. Uh, they get um, cheap labour in to do the uh, restoration works. And uh, they do a poor job, and um, in terms of getting rid of some of the weeds, they use heavy machinery, and that gets rid of the native stuff as well, native vegetation. So yeah, there's a lot wrong with the whole system. It's not policed um, uh, by the uh, state government, the agency that approves the biobanking, uh, and people get away with uh, all these wrong acts. And we continue to lose our national heritage.
1: As well as lack of oversight, Lee says there are many loopholes in the scheme.
2: Current tests for offsets are very weak. So an offset need not be like for like. I spoke earlier about the need for it to be equivalent in terms of value and characteristics. Well, that is not necessarily the case. And in fact, in the current system, if no offset at all can be found, then cash offsets can be used to pay into a biodiversity fund and supposedly used for some other conservation purpose. The Biodiversity Conservation Act is a poor act in
0: terms of protecting our uh, natural heritage. And what it has introduced Uh, has been the biobanking as a means of allegedly protecting the environment. And what that means is that uh, someone wanting to develop a parcel of land um, can buy credits um, from someone who is um, protecting land somewhere else not developing it. and what you end up getting with that is, um, an area here is being conserved through developer paying into a fund or whatever or buying cre- credits from the person who's protecting land there. Um, by, or the alternative of paying into a fund, it's all managed by the uh, Biodiversity Conservation Trust and they'll, they'll s- send the money out wherever. Um, so, um, you're preserving land there, but destroying land over here where the developer wants to develop. It's still a net loss. It's a net loss.
1: Chains Park is part of Sydney's Cumberland Plain Woodland. It used to be an expanse of flatland in the centre of the Sydney Basin, which was covered with over 1,000 square kilometres of woodland and forest, used and managed by Aboriginal people, before Europeans arrived and began clearing it for agriculture and settlement. The ecological community is now limited to most of Western Sydney, reduced to mostly small fragments only 6% remains.
0: Those who are pro-development say it's more than 6%, um, but it um, actually uh, wouldn't be any more than 6%, it'd be less, I think, um, with, based on the amount of development that's taken place.
1: Yeah, 6%, when you, when you look at that percentage, it's, it's a shocking, shockingly low. Yeah, um, it is. Well, how, how do you feel about that?
0: Well, uh, it's disgraceful. Uh, this is our natural heritage. This sets us apart from uh, uh, the rest of the world, our ecology. Uh, it is different, uh, and it should be there for um, people to appreciate
1: The Cumberland Plain Woodland is listed as critically endangered under the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act, 1999. And many species fall under the Threatened Species Conservation Act, 1995.
0: And yet that has not changed the destruction of it. Uh, We've we've fought to protect it, uh, but what happened was to accommodate development interests, and the sad thing is we have people in government who, um, politicians, who haven't got a brain uh, and they just look, they just buy the argument from developers. Uh,
1: the woodland continues to be threatened by land clearing for agriculture and urban development, impacts from nearby urban areas and inappropriate management.
0: And the Cumberland Plain. Well, uh, it's, it's going to be a um, hellhole in the end, a sea of bitumen, brick and concrete. With some tokenism towards the environment, but it's, it's not going to function uh, as it had functioned. Uh, you'll get monocultures of uh, species, flora and fauna.
1: Wayne isn't exactly optimistic about the future of Shanes Park.
0: You run the risk here of creating a glorified zoo. Uh, With the space you have, potentially uh, you can sustain certain species, um, reintroduce species that were once on the Cumberland Plain. Uh, But to bring people in, uh, walking over the... The habitat of water disturbing them so often uh, they're not going to appreciate being here, fauna. Um, and um, if you're going to introduce species that were we'll never here on the coming Plain anyway, you've got a glorified Featherdale Wildlife Park. And uh, in the end, NPWS or the government of the day might just say to uh, Featherdale Wildlife Park why don't you take up a lease on this site and you manage it.
2: The one thing we know about Western Sydney is it's going to continue to grow, more people are going to have to live in this part of Sydney and as we grow we want to make sure
0: that we don't lose our natural landscapes, that we manage uh, our property, that we manage our land holdings to ensure that we, as people, can live side by side with our natural landscapes and natural flora and our natural fauna.
1: It's easy to understand how conservation ecologists like Wayne and Lee are fed up with environmental laws in New South Wales. Laws, protections and critically endangered listings that don't seem to stand a chance in the fight against development and government policy. Or schemes like biodiversity offsetting, which fall under the guise of environmental protection, but, in the views of many ecologists, merely exist to facilitate development. And without clear oversight, there is real fear in the environmentalist community that ecologies and all their complexity will continue to go extinct. Wayne and Lee hope the New South Wales Parliamentary Inquiry into biodiversity offsetting will shed some light on one part of the puzzle and its failings. I mean, do you hope that something will come out of the inquiry or some change? Most definitely. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I I think fraud has been committed uh, on the uh, the public uh, with respect to the biodiversity certification of the growth centres.
2: I I have hoped that that the the process will highlight the shortcomings of the current situation. But ultimately it's a question of whether government, the the current government, has the will to make changes to the scheme and and that remains to be seen. We, We have to understand they were the architects of the current arrangements. So it remains to be seen whether they will accept the outcome of parliamentary inquiry or whether they'll they'll choose to proceed with business as usual.
1: What's at stake, Lee says, is the entire biodiversity of the state.
2: We depend on nature for the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat. So I think we need to be much more vocal about making clear to people that it's actually, it's not just about conservation of nature for its own sake. It's actually in our own best interests to conserve nature.
1: Disheartening developments over the years haven't deterred the work of conservation ecologists like Wayne and Lee, who continue to fight to restore and protect the natural environment.
2: Environmental protection its a two steps forward, one step back situation. And the general path is towards improvement. There are things that we do today to protect nature that no one had even considered 50 years ago. And things that were acceptable 50 years ago are not now. I remember seeing an old Four Corners documentary made in the 1970s of drums of dioxin being dumped in Homebush Bay, just kicked off a barge into Homebush Bay. You'd go to jail if you did that now, but in the 1970s, it was considered completely acceptable. So we make progress and we go backwards a bit, but overall, if we keep working, uh, the path I think is towards progress.
1: Think Sustainability is made possible with the support of 2SCR Radio, the University of Technology Sydney, and is heard around Australia on the community radio network. Think Sustainability is made in Sydney, which sits on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. You can subscribe to Think Sustainability wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julia Karkatzel. Thanks for your company.